And welcome to another installment of Growing the Game with Ballsy. 343 of these ones. I apologize for uh, not being more regular with these, but of course it's been a busy and tumultuous Rough Riders season, and we are definitely going to talk some Rough Riders here in this installment. I want to give a shout out to one of our title sponsors, Paul Waldo over at Royal LePage in Regina. Getting the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ here in the Regina and surrounding area by calling 306-502-5355. He is Regina football royalty, coaching the U of S Huskies now after playing for the Thunder, the Huskies, the Alouettes, and the Rough Riders. Very accomplished in the world of real estate as well. Our first quarter is brought to you by our good friends over there at Face First Medical Aesthetics and Presented to Catch, quickly becoming the go-to in that field in Regina. And she's got patients coming from Alberta and Manitoba as well, above Gabos on Dudney Avenue in the heart of Regina, in a place they call Beauty Avenue. It is Face First Medical Aesthetics. The CFL playoffs are in full swing, as you know, and the Dean of the Edwards School of Business at the U of S is Keith Willoughby. He stops by to tell us what his Commodore 64 predicts about the Grey Cup. I love the rules of this league. I love almost every rule, but one has emerged, and I can't believe it emerged just now after all the years. Like, I haven't seen this till this year. That little dribble kick, the one inch or one yard kick that the uh, Alouettes have done twice this year, tried it three times. Maybe I overstated it on Twitter. Maybe it's not making a mockery of the game, but it definitely needs to be changed. I think that sucker has to go at least like it does. It's stated in the U Sports rule book where it has to go uh, the distance you need to get a first down and then you can recover it. Because right now it, it's kind of a joke. I think so. I think in a way you're you're you've basically found a loophole in the rules, so to speak. You're deploying that kick to your advantage, but it really doesn't speak to good football, uh, good athletic ability. To me, that's something that I would I would really want to wipe away in terms of having a, a more competitive game. While we're on the subject, Ballsy, of rules and rule changes, one thing I would love to see us do in the CFL is you think when we do the short kickoff or the onside kick late in the game, Brett Lawler's been really good at that for us in the league. But I tell you, one of these years, I'd love to see us go with one of those situations where, you know, give the offense like a 20-yard play. Like they've got to make 20 yards basically to get a, to keep the ball. To me, then, you would involve much more action offense against defense rather than sort of these high lob kicks, the dribblers that we see that Lawther's done over the past few years. Yeah, I think the XFL had that, right? It was a 4th and 15 play. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's actually one I'd love to see adopt. Those leagues can be good for a couple of rules or a couple of uh, innovations, and I don't I don't disagree with that one at all. All right, and just before the playoffs start, I know you uh, did a simulation on, and you've been doing it uh, throughout the year, who the computer likes for the uh, Grey Cup champions. What do you got there? Because sometimes that doesn't often mesh with the reality like the human side of it oh ballsy the computer is going all in on the bombers this year 71 percent chance that they win the gray cup so almost a three and four chance that the bombers will sip from lord gray's mug another time toronto coming in at 20 percent, montreal at five but the the computer model clearly is wearing blue and gold glasses why would that be though because when you saw toronto play uh winnipeg and of course uh, you know, we talk about AI and how it's going to take over and everything like that. This uh, this makes me smile because uh, at least there's, you know, if you looked at the human element, you'd say, okay, well, the Toronto backups almost beat Winnipeg in Winnipeg a few weeks ago. 
Yeah, and that's a case, Ballsy, where I look at the computer model, which isn't looking at who's playing in terms of roster spots. It's looking at the margin of victory in those games. So what the computer has really picked up is that the Bombers beat Calgary by 23 one week after Calgary beat by BC by 25. Toronto, on the other hand, they over the last two weeks, they played the worst teams in the league, Saskatchewan and Ottawa, and won by a few points in each game. I think... Again, I'm, I'm confident right now in terms of what I see with, with sort of Winnipeg. I think they are obviously a valued team, and I see them getting to the Grey Cup. But I would like maybe in future years to have some way of trying to include more of that roster factor. Because you're right, Ballsy, in these last couple of weeks when Toronto has basically played third and fourth stringers, when teams have not had their entire starting roster there, to me that should be reflected in how the computer looks at the games. You're a, you're a U Sports guy too, being the dean at the Edwards School of Business in Saskatoon. We got the Huskies taking on Alberta. That should be an interesting one. Alberta's beat the Huskies three uh, two times this year. Three times, it's awful tough to do. UBC up against Manitoba. UBC's against Manitoba because Calgary inexplicably didn't kneel it down. They ran the ball, fumbled. Manitoba scores a touchdown, gets a two point conversion still loses but they're within that parameter to make the playoffs and the points for and against what a crazy ending in calgary what an absolutely bizarre way of ending a football game almost like that ncaa game a few weeks ago yeah. with miami playing um uh yellow, playing georgia tech yeah, yellow jackets yeah, yeah. georgia tech and it's a situation where all calgary's got to do is kneel on the ball they go to the playoffs Another one of our title sponsors is John Ryan, the Regina football hero, the only Saskatchewan kid to win a great cup and a guy that's given back to this community and will continue to do so as he definitely has not forgotten his roots. John Ryan and his lovely wife, Sarah Colonna, sponsoring this podcast and we do appreciate it. Our second quarter brought to you by Kevin Welsh and Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certified roofing business specializing in GAF, CertainTeed, and Malarkey Roofing. Give them a call, 262-ROOF. The search for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders next head coach is underway. Two former Rough Rider quarterbacks, Henry Burris and Kerry Joseph, are interested. Let's hear from each of them. You were a public enemy here. You were also a fan favorite here. Public enemy, I think, just in a fun way. People didn't, they just love the chant, Henry. Uh, you obviously have fond memories of Saskatchewan, right? Oh, you know it always. I mean, Saskatchewan's always been a second home to us, and it's been a place where, you know, we always love to come back there, my family and I, and just enjoy seeing people that we still consider family. And again, if it wasn't for Saskatchewan, then we wouldn't be where we are currently. So we're truly thankful, and we'll never forget that. Yeah. So, Henry, I just, uh, you know, I've talked to George Cortez in this show in our Where Are They Now segment. I, I Just talk about George Cortez. He was in for the 2013 championship celebration here last time the Riders uh, were in a Grey Cup, let alone win, uh, winning one. And uh, the guys talked about how, on the offensive side, how he was instrumental in helping Darian go to probably an unprecedented run in the playoffs for a quarterback in the CFL, with all due respect to your yourself but he had like eight touchdowns no interceptions your thoughts on George Cortez because I know you know him real well well if it wasn't for George I wouldn't have experienced what I, I did in my career I mean he was when I talk about the one coach who actually set me down he taught me the game made sure I understood how to operate the game but also you know manage the lifestyle both off the field and also how to manage the system on the field and you know when George joined the Riders in 13 I knew you know, if there was going to be a team that was definitely going to seek and do the right things, it was definitely 
that team with with the secret ingredient George Cortez like the sideline, and you could definitely see the impair. The, 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 I guess just the 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 change in Derry Durant's game just from the the presence of George Cortez, and that that to me that speaks so much about who he was. He didn't say a lot. Probably wasn't the most personable guy, but when it came to football and just the salt of the earth type people, George Cortez is the guy you could definitely put put as a picture as far as under that uh, description. So let's get down to it, bro. Do you want to be a CFL head coach? People are talking about you. Hey, this guy could be a great head coach. Do you want to be a CFL head coach? Because I know of a team looking for one. <laughs> well, you know, it's always been something I've talked about I would love to do. And, and uh, of course, following my career, it was all about spending time with family. And that's why I've even been down here down south, uh, being able to spend more time with family because we knew we wanted high school-wise for our kids to go to high school down here so they could – have an opportunity to attend some of the colleges and have the same experience from a sports and academic standpoint that we did, plus be close to the family so people could experience what they're doing as far as in their It was all about family. But I've always had my ears up north, and while down here I made sure I, I've gotten the necessary experience. But I've been working hand-in-hand both with Matt Nagy, helping him out as far as the game planning and helping put the game plan together as far as what what's the coaches and the offensive coordinator's duties. And also did the same thing hand-in-hand with both Doug Doug Peterson and Press Taylor in Jacksonville, making sure that their responsibilities were all ready to go, whether it was presentations and team meetings to setting up the game plan and how the plays are going to be called on a game day. And I worked directly with Trevor Lawrence, working with his fundamentals and throwing technique. So, for me, I, I've, I've been in the rooms and, and I've, I've, I've helped learn. I've been able to learn and be put in a position to learn just the duties of both offensive coordinator and the head coach, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, but you know, again, with my playing experience, you know, I know that game up there oh so well when it comes to offenses, when it comes to defenses, the personnel that are calling it, what changes are happening, the rules, the special situations that are taking place. But more importantly, I just love football and I love helping young men reach their dreams. I've had men who sacrificed time away from their families to make sure that I could have the career I did in Canada. Well, now I'm looking forward to that opportunity of having that baton handed to me so I can help impact young men both off the field and on the field and also our given community and market as well. So I'm just a, uh, I'm an, a radio announcer of the football team. Okay. I've never been in a, profe- I've never been in a professional huddle and I've never let alone ran a professional huddle like yourself at a high level, one of the all time greats, but you've never been a head coach. Do you think that aspect is overrated when you're looking for a coach? Well, it's definitely not overrated, but uh, I know people talk about, oh, well, X's and O's, you know, can you put a game plan together? Can you, can you call plays? I was like, well, guys, that's actually what I did during my career. Mm-hmm. You know, I was involved as far as in the game planning, the, 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 the film study to put together the game plans, understanding analytics and all the different things, the nuances that are a part of the game today, and also understanding how to, you know, create culture as far as in the locker room. And to me, that's the most underrated aspect of what coaching is all about because when it comes to coaching, X to O's is the last thing you want to worry about because everybody has their system, everybody has the plays that they love, and everybody's trying to find the players to be able to execute that game plan. But being able to establish the right mindset for your players, empower your players, but also create the proper culture so each and every one of those players can succeed is how teams thrive. And, and right now, you know, when I look at Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan should be the cornerstone of the CFL. I mean, it's been that way since I've been in the CFL for a long time, and we were able to experience some of the greatest times of the CFL as far as playing against the Riders and being a part of the resurgence of the Riders in the early 2000s. Well, it's time for that team to get back there, and it's all about setting the culture first and putting the proper people in place to help make that happen, and, that, and that's more importantly the guys in the locker room and 
And I'm definitely more than comfortable as far as the process of what it takes, but I'm only one part of that process mm-hmm. of how we make it uh, turn around. So you're a young guy. You fit that aspect of it, I think. Uh, you're you're not that far removed for, from the game, so I'd, I think it gives a guy street cred like yourself, absolutely, and I think that's important to today's athlete. But as you know, Henry, we just talked about George Cortez, and you said you're only one part of it. Uh Great coaches surround themselves with better coaches. So that would be something I'd ask as a GM. Henry, who would you bring in with yourself to surround yourself? So my question, I guess, Henry, is do do you have contacts that you could, if you had to put a coaching staff together, do so? Well, the thing is, I'm not going to name any names. No. You know, a lot lot of guys that are great friends of mine are are still, you know, battling in playoff spots. They're on some of the best teams up there right now, not to give away any people's names. But but, uh, the thing you know, as far as, you know, maintaining those contacts, you know, those, some of those guys up there are my best friends. And and we've all talked about one time when one of them or myself was to become a head coach, don't forget about each other. And, the, and that same system still applies at this moment. You know, I've already talked to guys, and, I've, you know, I'm definitely going to talk to guys as things move forward. But this, 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 this is how the fraternity works, you know, and I definitely have a lineup of a number of guys that, that you know, definitely work their butts off that are currently coaching in this DFL guys that definitely need an opportunity to be coaching in the CFL because they were not only great people, but also great minds that are still coaching in Canada, whether it's in a CIS level or even on a high school level. But the thing is, these are guys that had prior CFL experience as far as playing and also in some aspects coaching. So definitely the Rolodex is thick. I definitely have a lineup of names if need be, if that opportunity is given. And, uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be a great time, you know, putting great people in great places to help these young men become the best that they can be. So tell me what you can tell me. Don't tell me what you can tell me. Have you reached out? How does this work? Like, do you reach out to the riders through your agent? Do they contact you? Do you feel like you're in the running? Do you want to be in the running? I guess that's a bunch of questions, but answer which ones you want. Oh, well, 100%. I'm definitely interested. I mean, I, I've always talked about Saskatchewan and just their impact as far as my family and I. My wife and I, we've talked about it ever since, you know, the things that have happened, the moves that have happened here recently. And it's the unfortunate part of the game with a great guy like Craig Dickinson being not retained. But, you know, we've talked about it. If the opportunity is there, sure, 100% we'd be interested. And, and I know people get it twisted about the situation in B.C., but, you know, Rick Campbell and I talked about my situation because before I even agreed to do anything with B.C. as a consultant, I was already in talks with both Jacksonville and Dallas. So the thing is, it wasn't a situation where I signed and I'm ready to get back down. No, no, not the case because people, it's well documented how much I love the CFL game. If the right opportunity came about, you, just like it is now, I would definitely be all ears and be at full attention. And, and that's where I currently am at this point. You know, uh, you know this. I said this on the air the other day, Henry, and I, I believe this. I think when you're looking for a head coach in today's day, the way the game is going, I think you need to look for an offensive minded coach I know you'd be biased because that's who you are but you love the game in general and there's a lot of great uh, defensive names thrown out there and I'm not devaluing them but like with a with a coaching cap that we have in the CFL too I think one of the things that's missed for quarterbacks in this league is a quarterback's coach like a, a George Cortez or even here Kahari Jones in that year 2013 was somebody that Darian could lean on. I really believe you could bring that to the table in a coaching uh, kind of cap crunch where you could be kind of head coach, but also be that guy where the quarterback could turn to and say, hey, Henry, hey, coach, what do you think of this? Well, that's similar to what both, both George and Ken Austin did with myself, Jeremiah Masoli, Dan Lefevre, uh, and I can continue on with the names of the quarterbacks that were in Hamilton during that time. But, but most of the head coaches that have professed themselves as far as former quarterback coaches being Jason Moss and, and Ottawa, 
you know, they had that split duty where they were either the offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach or even with Kent and, and George Cortez, head coach slash quarterback coach. And just with that opportunity there, it allows you not only to, to be able to, you know, help lead the team and help put the guys in places to help both run the offense and the defense, but it gives you an opportunity to talk to the leader of the locker room and to spend time and time and over and over again. It helps you both get on the same page not only from a leadership standpoint, but also from an offensive standpoint. Because, again, it's all about the head coach empowering the quarterback. And the more time that you can spend with each other, when come game day and you have to hear that guy speaking to you in the ear as far as in that headset, you're on the same page and pretty much know what he's going to say before he even says it. So the more time that you can spend, volume creates perfection. And and that's what having that head coach uh, slash quarterback coach aspect can bring to the table for you. And lastly, Henry, how much do you think, as, as maybe you go down this process and, and you're talking to the team, if that does materialize and how things go, the fact that you were here and you know what Saskatchewan means to the people here, the football team, I mean, to the province, and how much they just want a winner here, a regular winner, like four championships in over 100 years, I think only three first-place finishes since 1971, and these fans spend their hard-earned money and drive a long hours to get here to watch the games. You know what that means. 100%, because it's funny, my wife and I talked about this last night, and we said, you know what, in many ways, we still have a lot of unfinished business here, because unfortunately, we weren't able to come back following that 2004 West final and just finish off things. And, and trust me, it hurt when, you know, Saskatchewan won the two great cups in 13, beating our butts when I was with <laughs> Hamilton. And also when Kerry Joseph was there, was there, but two great friends were leaders of that team as quarterbacks and also as head coaches, you know, both Kent and, and, and Corey Chamberlain. Uh, but, but to see Saskatchewan get excited inside, my heart was smiling because if there's one fan base that truly deserves it, you know, it's definitely the writer faithful because like I mentioned, they are the benchmark of the CFL and when the writers are great, the CFL is great. And, and that's where the team needs to be. And, and, and honestly, any opportunity to be able to come back there and be a part of helping build that back up is, is definitely, uh, you know, what my wife and I, we've talked about. So, you know, that, 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 that's true. That's what we believe because uh, honestly, at the end of the day, I was a quarterback there. You could pretty much say I was the premier there if you're the quarterback, mm-hmm. but also you feel the temperature and heat as the head coach. And definitely I understand the people there, but like I mentioned, there's a lot of unfinished business as far as within our hearts of, of you know, us not being able to complete what we set out to in Regina. Well, you've definitely stated a very appealing case. I'm not going to lie to you, man. We're friends, and I'm on the air, so you can always go back and check it out. That's kind of dismissive. Not that you don't know football or anything like that. It's like, he's never had head coaching experience. But you know what? You've uh, you've you've presented a very appealing case to me, my friend. Best of luck wherever it goes, eh? Maybe we'll be working very closely together. Who knows? <laughs> well, Ballsy, as you know, being a head coach is all about treating people the right way. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that I look forward to. It's definitely a part of the fabric of who Henry Burris is. And, you know, you never know. We'll see as time continues on, brother. But thanks for having me on. You know, it's it just for me, just developing uh, my leadership skill, you know, watching the way, you know, Pete Carroll does, uh, leads this organization and the way he leads his coaches, the way he leads the players. And just developing that, uh, that part of me, because I do want to be a head coach one day. I do want to be a coordinator one day where I'm over a whole office of room. So it's like for me, the football part, that comes easy. Is how do I develop the leadership to develop men uh, with, within the organization? And oh. that's the biggest thing for me that I have learned. 
I'm interested in this, uh, Kerry. Just it's an open-ended question. You're in the NFL now. You're an American guy. I know you still follow the CFL because you love football, and there's a big piece of your heart back here in uh, Saskatchewan and in in the CFL in general. Would 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 coming back to the CFL like in a head coaching role? Would that be a step back, or are you just focused right now on the NFL? You know what? I just focus where I am now. I never say never to anything uh, because you know you never know where life would take you. Uh, you know, so I always tell myself to put my foot, in, you know, one feet in front of a, uh, one step in front of the next. Uh, and it's the same way as for not looking for the next job. Mm-hmm. It's being where I am in the moment. Yes, I do follow everything. I see what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, a, I have an agent uh, and I know I have dreams and aspirations. Uh, and sometimes you, you say, well, I never go back to the CFL. Or I never go back to college. You can't say that. You never know what might happen or where God leads you or what door opens for you. That's the right one. Mm-hmm. So I just I just take it one day at a time, one step at a time, and just see see what's next on the agenda. And it's time to talk with our resident health and lifestyle expert, Tish Duffy. 30 years, over 30 years in the uh, exercise business training people and she's got lots of great tips not just for you know the uh, elite athletes but for the everyday people too and uh, Tish welcome to the show once again so everybody that I know that's uh, trying to uh, step up their fitness game or continue down that journey runs into a wall I'm sure even the great Tish Duffy's ran into a wall or two where you just don't feel like working out or your car wants to drive in three different directions other than going to the gym. So do you have some uh, quick tips to keep people on the right track? Absolutely. Uh, This is a great topic because I think you're right. We all, including you and me, who are active all the time, do get in rut. So this is sort of my three-star rule instead of five. I think five stars is often a little overwhelming, so I kind of try to keep it to three stars. So the first one is try to commit to three strength sessions. Um, your body doesn't know the differences between stresses. So if you're stressed at work, stressed in your relationship, you're not getting sleep, uh, you're not eating properly, all of these are stresses, and then you add on to an, a workout, your body is going to be completely overwhelmed and it will not respond. So I try to get my clients to train three times a week. And this is why I love my program so much is because that's all I offer and that's all I do. Uh, who has more than three hours a week to strength train? I certainly don't and I think a lot of people would be in the same position. So if you, if you commit to this three times a week, you understand that there's lots of days that you can take off to rest or do other things that you love. Uh, the second thing is you have to get three balanced meals in each day. So these are nutrient-dense meals. Um, They're real food. So this might include a little bit of prepping, a little bit of grocery shopping on the weekends, but if you can commit to a little bit of extra time and have that food in the fridge and get prepping, those three meals will fuel your body for those three workouts. The last thing, and probably the one that I really encourage the most, is stop eating three hours before bed. Now this can be a challenge because people like to sit down, relax, and think they deserve you know, that bedtime snack, but we really certainly shouldn't need anything if we're eating those three meals that are full of nutrients and high protein meals. Your body has digested that food, you're going to wake up, you're going to sleep better, you're going to wake up feeling ready to eat again. Plus, you're going to want to start the day and get up early. So if you're hungry, a little bit hungry, I don't say hungry, but I say to client a little peckish before you go to bed. Instead of grabbing that snake, 
snack, just go to bed, get up, and you're going to be ready to get up and eat a really good, high-nutritious high breakfast. You can check out Tish Duffy and all her great tips on her social media platform. She's everywhere. Train with Tish is the handle. Thanks for your time, Tish. My pleasure, Michael. Have a great day. Thank Ben Garrow and his crew at Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert for getting on board once again as a major sponsor here. They're your SGI accredited auto body repair shop, a family owned and a certified collision care OEM approved auto body shop providing comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in class collision repair shops. Their customer service team can manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. Their high-performing, technically advanced team of auto body experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. Advantage Collision, they care about your safety. Our third quarter is brought to you by the SAS Selects football program. Zelko Stefanovic and his great wife, Deb, uh, running an awesome program out of the Yara Center in Moose Jaw. But that football selects program Developing the stars of tomorrow today has expanded to Alberta and Manitoba as well. Thanks to them for their continued support and for, like I said, developing the stars of tomorrow today. The Saskatoon Hilltops are in search of yet another Canadian Bowl championship, taking on the West Shore Rebels out in BC. Defensive lineman Reese Kack joined me to talk about his record-setting performance in the semifinal game against the St. Clair Saints. All right, we're talking now to a CJFL record holder, Reese Kack. He is with the Saskatoon Hilltops. My friend, six quarterback sacks in a game, a playoff record as you guys rolled the St. Clair Saints. What went right in that game for you? You know, just uh, I, I think there was just perfect con- conditions uh, for me. That that uh, on Sunday, uh, of course, my uh, defensive backs and linebackers had some great coverage. Um, the, uh, the other interior defensive lineman, Craig Torgerson, John Stevens had some tremendous pressure and, uh, Ben Mars, the other, the other end were, uh, all big parts of, uh, my success. So did you, uh, <clears throat> you keep stats in your head? Like, are you into stats? Did you know that you had that many sacks in the game and that was a record? Uh, no, I, 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 uh. I, I knew when I heard them on the, the loudspeaker when I got five and I, I tied the old record. Um, and then I heard that, and then I looked at the, the, the play clock and uh, realized that uh, it was quite possible to uh, to go out there and actually break the, the darn thing. Yeah. So you're in your third year, fourth year of eligibility. Uh, just talk about this season. You guys are undefeated. You knocked off those pesky Regina Thunder to regain, regain the uh, PFC crown and now your role and just talk about your year yeah it's been tremendous um i know uh you know this this point last year we we lost uh, regina and there was a lot of question marks going into this season about the type of team we were going to be and uh yeah we've just had some great leadership step up and lots of guys lead us lead us towards this this season so yeah, it's been it's been great, but uh, there's one more one more task left, and that's the Canadian Bowl. So. Yeah, yeah. So talk about that. It's a, actually a rematch, I think, of the 2016 Canadian Bowl, which you wouldn't have been a part of, but the Hilltops did win that one back in the day. Uh, what do you know about the West Shore Rebels, and how excited are you to go play maybe in a warmer climate? 
Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good vacation getting out of the uh, out of the cold. But um, yeah, uh, I, I've been looking. They they've they've had a fair share. I think their quarterback broke a touchdown record this year, and a couple of good receivers and stuff. So definitely a high powered offense that uh, we need to get into the film and and uh, yeah, just just start preparing for for those guys. Now, your coach said after the game you bring a lot of energy to the team. Have you always been an energetic kid, even since you were a wee little guy? Yeah, 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 always bouncing off walls and <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, my te- my teachers didn't like it too much, but uh, works on the football field. So, Are you a trash talker, too? <laughs> you know, uh, d- don't tell Sarge, but, yeah, I might uh, – might- I might talk some trash out there. <laughs> well, my grandpa always said it's not bragging if you can do it. And if you can get six quarterback sacks, that's outstanding. Is there anybody you looked up to? Anybody maybe the CFL level or NFL level that you looked up to? Yeah, I mean, my, my brother uh, played with the Hilltops for, for years, uh, three years back. And he, he would have been on that team in 2016 that uh, mm-hmm. went out to West Shore. And uh, so he's on the, the BC lines now. Um so yeah, just just seeing him the way he was able to uh, to grow and play uh, play for the Hilltops. That's awesome. So it's all in the family now. So you got to go out there and you got to win so that your brother can't have one up on you, and then you got to go out and make the CFL. I, I I bet you those are two of your goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, congratulations on the six sack performance. You can tell him that you've uh, you've got that record, one he doesn't have, and uh, yeah. and good luck in the championship coming up. Okay. Right on, thank you. Just ahead of the fourth quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy, want to recognize AGT Foods Canada and our friend Mirad El-Khatib, who's the president of the Regina Thunder. He and his wife, Michelle, always giving back to the football community, either through uh, their involvement with the Rough Riders and the Plaza of Honor dinner, of course, the Regina Thunder and the Regina Riot, female football team. I also want to give you an opportunity to get some money. Sports betting's been rapidly rising in popularity and I want to connect you with an opportunity to get started or get ahead. Having multiple sportsbook accounts is the most simple way to maximize your profits. There's never been a better time to sign up. When you visit Growing the Game with Ballsy, you're going to be connected to all sportsbooks in your region along with a review of each platform and its unique benefits. All of these sports books have valuable sign-up offers for new users, and when you register through my link, you'll be automatically getting the top offer at each one. If you want to take advantage of benefits and support the brand BetStamp app, please consider signing up for your next sports book at Growing the Game with Ballsy, coming very soon. Eight years, buddy. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How the heck did you go eight years with the Rams? Uh, so I... I uh, used two red shirts, so I had one red shirt when I switched positions, and then I did a medical red shirt after uh, an ACL injury in 2018. I missed the 2019 season, and then COVID obviously canceled one of our years, giving me an extra year, so I managed to squeeze eight years out of the program. So you were a quarterback all your life through RMF and then with Campbell. I remember that. And then you went to the Rams, and the old coach, Mike Gibson, uh, wanted you to go to running back, and then you flipped to defense, and you you worked your way out uh, from corner inside, right? That's right. I uh, gave running back a shot that first year. I start. I burned eligibility actually right away, so I dressed, played some uh, back of special teams and some running back there, 
And then uh, just at the end of the season, my defensive coordinator, Sheldon Gray, and uh, coach Mark McConkey mentioned uh, a potential to switch to defense and go and compete in the defensive backfield. So I took a year to redshirt, uh, learn the ins and outs of defense, coach Gray's scheme. And then uh, from there, I just played a little bit of corner. The next year, I moved to halfback. And uh, as I got a little more comfortable, I got close enough to the box where I was a Sam linebacker the last, I believe, four years. So uh, what are you going to do without football now, man? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm still just kind of processing this last weekend. It was bittersweet having it come to an end. So uh, I have five more classes left, so I'll get through this semester. Uh, I'll finish off my classes in the spring. And then in my program, I have a work placement where I'll have to go do an internship for eight to 12 months. So my next goal will be finishing school. Uh, If I happen to get some kind of regional combine invite, uh, I'd be willing to explore that. But for now, uh, I'm just going to see what life has to offer and finish school for now. So uh, what are you taking in school, Braden? Uh, it's a joint program, uh, business and sport management, uh, both bachelor degrees. So I'll get two, I'll have two bachelor degrees at the end of it. So you want to what, get into the sports side of biz, uh, the business side of sports, sorry? Uh, yeah, potentially. Uh, just at, when I originally joined school, I wasn't too sure what I actually wanted to do. So I spent the first couple of years bouncing around programs. And then I, once I realized I was uh, kind of in the ranch for the long haul, I found this. It was a pretty new program. Uh, I was interested in business and then obviously just sport management, super enticing for someone that's involved in sports. So uh, with this program, I'll actually get to do an internship uh, where I have to do the all the work to find the team to take me on. But I can go work for a team and kind of be in the operations uh, game day side of it and see if that's something I like. And if it's not, uh, then I can use the business side of my degree. And if that is something I'm interested in, I can keep pursuing it and uh, do that. Is there a play or a game you're going to remember in these last eight years? Um, there, there's a lot of great memories, man. But uh, this year specifically, uh, Mark McConkie, I can remember him calling me into his office, uh, Calgary week, and uh, t- just telling me the injury situation, the quarterback. And I've been bugging him my whole time. I was like, man, you need a quarterback. Like, I, can, I can do short yardage. I, it's easy stuff for me. It's, I'm comfortable doing it. And I finally got him to give me the opportunity, and uh, I was able to score twice in that game, and we ended up winning the game. So that's something I'll always remember. But uh, I don't know if there's one specific game. There's plays, there's moments, but uh, that's definitely going to be one that sticks out for a long time. Do you save a ball, a glove, a jersey from your time or from that game? Uh, Yeah, I do have not an actual game ball, but a ball my equipment manager gave me and kind of just taped it up and said, uh, first youth sport touchdowns, multi-touchdown game, and first time, I mean, playing quarterback at a youth sports level. <laughs> That's kind of funny how, funny, I don't mean haha funny, but uh, ironic how it went uh, full circle for you. Yeah, it really is, man. And then uh, just, I think, I don't know if it was the week week after or two weeks after, but I was able to throw a touchdown pass to our big tight end, Ethan Graham, and uh, that was pretty exciting too. Uh, I knew if I offered up the short yardage, I'd maybe get a rushing one. Didn't think they'd let me throw one, but that was pretty exciting too. So uh, eight years, didn't win a championship. It is bittersweet, but uh, what's the thing you're going to miss most? Uh, the fellas, man. Like I love the coaches. I love the team, but uh, I've met lifelong friends on this team that I will keep in touch with and have a bond with for as long as I live, man. I've met some of my best friends on this team, and uh, I'll always take that with me. You got to have a great support system on the way up. How about a shout out for your parents? Yeah, definitely, man. Shout out my mom and dad, uh, Darwin and Tannis. They've been an absolute rock through this whole thing. Uh, They kept me up when I got injured, and I didn't know what my future held in football. They always believed in me. That never wavered. And uh, 
honestly, shout out my brother too. He's been incredible for me. He's been basically my roommate my whole life. And uh, it's been awesome for me. And then you mixed in my fantastic girlfriend the last four years. I've been really blessed and it's been, uh, I've been really lucky. Awesome, man. Well, it was great talking to you. Sean Kleisinger, the voice of your team this year, told me you're a you're an awesome dude, and he you lived up to the billing, man. So congratulations on a great not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but eight year career with the U of R Rams. Eight years, baby. I'm proud of it, and I'm a horn for life, man. I wear that with honor. And shout out Kleis, man. He's a great guy too. Thank you.